Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. Well, amen. Thank you for the worship time we've enjoyed this morning. If you have your Bibles, you go ahead and be turning to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. We're celebrating mothers today. And all of you mothers, we're so proud of you and so glad you're here to worship with us. I, of all people, have been most blessed because I had a wonderful mother who loved me, cared for me unconditionally, and she's been with the Lord for about a little over 13 years now. I look forward to the day when I can see her again. But I also was blessed to marry a woman who was a great mother, who was a mother to my children, who set an example for my children, and she is the one to be credited to a great degree of the success of our kids and the love they have for the Lord. So today we want to celebrate mothers. We're going to do that by looking at a Bible story that's very familiar to you, but it focuses in on a mother. Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. And when she had she could not hide him any longer. She got him a wicker, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds of the banks of the Nile. And his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile, and her maidens walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying, and she had pity on him, and said, This is one of those Hebrew children. And the sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. You've heard the saying that behind every great man, there is a great woman. That's true, amen? (laughs) Now, that's reflecting upon either their mother or their wife. But behind every successful man, there's going to be a woman who is there backing him up. I don't know if you've ever heard of Susanna Wesley. I know all of you have probably heard of John Wesley and Charles Wesley. They were the founders of the Methodist movement. And they not only were founders of the Methodist movement, John Wesley literally preached to millions of people, traveled thousands of miles on horseback. Had, he was a revivalist, and they said that he preached over a million people, and wherever he went, revival broke out. His brother Charles wrote over 9,000 hymns, many of those hymns that we still sing today. But behind them and their success is a woman named Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was their mother. She actually bore 19 children, 19 children, But only 10 of those children made it past infancy. She was married to a preacher, and he was a, I guess, fairly good preacher, but he was a poor money manager because he was always in debt. He ended up having to go to debtor's prison, 
And they always had nothing. It was left to her to make ends meet. He obviously had a bad temper because whenever they would get in an argument or a fuss or something would happen, he would just leave for, for long periods of time, even up to years, and leave her with all those kids to take care of. But she didn't bo- it didn't bother her for she was committed to her family. She was committed to her children. She was a committed believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and she felt like her ministry was to those kids. When she was just a young woman, she made a commitment to the Lord. This was her commitment, that for every hour that she spent in entertainment, she would spend one hour in God's Word and praying. Did you hear that commitment? For every hour that she would spend in personal entertainment, she would spend one hour in God's Word and praying. Well, whenever you have that many children, she found out she didn't have any time for entertainment or prayer. And so she changed her commitment. Her commitment was that she was going to spend at least two hours a day in prayer and Bible study. Every day, two hours, prayer and Bible study, so she could fill her heart with God's Word and walk with God so she could impact the lives of her children. But even in that, when you got ten children, she had a hard time finding a place where she could get alone. She couldn't find a place where she could be alone to have that time. So she told her children, she said, any time that you see my apron thrown over my head, that means I'm in prayer. Do not disturb me. And so when it was time for her to have her quiet time and her two hours with God, she'd throw her apron over her head and have her time with God. That woman, her commitment, her Bible study, her prayer, her intercession is the reason that those two men shook their world because they had a great mother who knew how to throw an apron over her head. I challenge you, ladies, get you an apron and let it remind you of the time that you need to spend with the Lord. For behind every great man is a great woman. There's no one that's more true about than Moses. Moses, that great man of God, he is the Old Testament hero. He is the lawgiver. He is the deliverer of the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness, and eventually they get into the promised land. He is the man that God said, I speak to Moses face to face. He is one of those who's recorded in God's hall of fame in the book of Hebrews. He is an outstanding man. But the reason that he is an outstanding man, one reason is because he had an outstanding mother. Parents who made great decisions, but really, if you focus on it, an outstanding mother who did some wonderful things whereby he was able to do what he did. Because if she had not exemplified her faith, there would not be a Moses who would have been able to do all of those marvelous things. Because it's her faith that gave him his life. So today I want to focus in on her life. And I I want to challenge you ladies, as challenge all of us, that some of these qualities that she has in her life that you would have in your life. What are the qualities of an outstanding godly woman? Here's the first quality is great humility. Great humility. How is it that you would describe her as being humble? I don't know if you realize when we read that passage of Scripture, it talked about this woman 
the daughter of Levi. It talks about the mother of Moses. But one interesting thing it never does, it never mentions her name. You notice that? It never mentions her name. Matter of fact, I dare say if we gave a trivia question to most people here and said, what is the name of Moses' mother? Most of us wouldn't know what her name is, even though her name is given in the Bible. But here in Exodus, it is not given. In that account, it's not given. When Stephen speaks of Moses' birth in Acts chapter 7, he once again does not mention her name or his father's name. And whenever she is included, both of them are included in God's hall of fame, which is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Once again, their names are not mentioned. Her name is never mentioned in any of those accounts of what she did in order to preserve the life of Moses. You do find her name. You know where you find her name? In Exodus chapter 6, verse 20. You know what her name was? Jochebed. Jochebed. His father's name was Amram. But you have to look at it in, in chapter 6 because it's a genealogy where their names are just mentioned along with other people who begat other people who are a part of a genealogy, but never is her name mentioned. That is tremendous humility. Everybody wants their names in lights. Everybody wants their names to be mentioned. But in God's word, her name is never mentioned except in a genealogy. But I don't think that bothers Jochebed because you know what is true about most moms? Most moms really aren't that interested in about whether or not their names are in light. But you know what they are interested in? They're interested in their children. And if you want to honor a mother, just honor their children. And if you'll lift up their children and honor the children, you are honoring them. For see, most mothers have that humble spirit. A godly mother has that humble spirit that says that they're willing to sit back off stage in order for their children to be on stage. And they're willing to sit quietly and let their children have the opportunity because really what matters is the children more than them. And I don't think Jochebed's bothered one bit that her name is not mentioned and only what she did really is what matters. Humility. Humility of heart. You ladies, to be a good mother, you got to have a humble spirit. A humble spirit when it's not about you, it's about your family. It's not about you, it's about your children. It's just not about you. Another thing about her is she has not only great humility, she has great faith. She has great faith. This woman has such great faith that she is mentioned in God's Hall of Fame. I want you to hold your Bibles here just a second and turn there to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. And I want you, I want you to listen about what it says. It introduces, you, you think it's talking about Moses when it says, verse 23. It says, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. It says Moses, but that verse is not about Moses. It's not about Moses' faith because Moses was just being born. Whose faith was it? It was the faith of his parents, the faith of his mother. That's right. And so here is Jochebed who is listed in God's Hall of Fame, listed as having such great faith that she is among those that God sets forth as an example of what we are supposed 
to be like. Another interesting thing about that is that her entrance into God's Hall of Fame is before her hero son. <laughs> you don't find out about Moses till verse 24 when it says, by, Moses, but by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So she precedes him in that God's Hall of Fame. The son comes after even though he's the great hero. And then here's the third part about that in her great faith. Not only does she have such faith to be in there and she precedes her son, but the first entrance about Moses' life is totally about what she did and what she taught him during her years of influence. It doesn't talk about him parting the Red Sea. His first thing is not about parting the Red Sea. His first thing is not about leading the children of Israel. His, 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 his first thing is that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but rather chose to be known as a Hebrew, as a Jew, as an Israelite. And how would he know that? How do you know that? Because as we're going to find out in a minute, she spent those early years whenever she nurtured him before she weaned him, teaching him who he was. Great faith, God's Hall of Fame. I hope I'm there one day. What about you? Precedes her hero son, and even what he does in the very first thing has to do with what she taught him. Great humility, great faith. Now, let's focus in on that aspect of faith for a minute. I want you to look there in, in Exodus chapter 2. And I want us to talk about her acts of faith. What were her acts of faith? I mean, faith is not something we just out here and say, I have it. But faith is acted out. So she had acts of faith. And what were they? Well, it tells us here in chapter 2. The first thing it says is that there was a man and a woman who were married. Amram and Jochebed were married. And that she conceived and she brought forth a son. Now, that doesn't sound anything ordinarily except for the fact that you have to remember what the edict had been given by Pharaoh. What was the edict? He had told everybody that if there's a daughter, then you can keep the daughter. She can be a servant. But there are getting to be too many of these Hebrews to the point that they could overrun us. So what we want you to do is every time there is a Hebrew son that is born, you are to throw him into the Nile River. You're to cast. He is to die. He should never live. Every Hebrew son, that was the edict. Now, that edict was given by Pharaoh, and if they did not abide by that, it would mean their lives. So when it says here that Jochebed and Amram had a son and that that son was born, says she saw that he was beautiful, she did what? She hid him for three months. Now, that fact of being beautiful isn't anything ordinary for parents or women. <laughs> Amen? I've never seen a woman who had a baby didn't think they were beautiful. Have you? They aren't all beautiful, I promise you, but, but to that mama, they're beautiful. So she saw this child, and he is healthy and beautiful. And what did she do? She, by faith, said, I'm not going to kill him. By faith, I'm not going to abide by the eating. By faith, I'm not going to do what Pharaoh says. By faith, I'm going to hide my baby boy, even if it means my death. I'm going to hide my baby boy. That took great faith. Her faith overcame the fear. Many people were casting their sons into the Nile because they were afraid of Pharaoh and his edict. But Jochebed had such faith that she said, I will not do what he says. I will not kill my son. I will keep him alive. I will hide him 
Even if it costs me my life, I am going to do that. And her faith overcomes her fear. First act, she hides her son instead of kills him. Second act, whenever he is three months old, look there what happens. When he is three months old, she can hide him no longer. She couldn't keep him quiet. I can believe that one. Amen. (laughs) And so here's her second act of faith. Whenever she couldn't hide him any longer, she takes a wicker basket. She weaves it together. She takes tar and pitch, and she makes a little boat. Isn't it interesting? That's the way the ark, what the ark had on the outside of it. She makes him a personal ark, a little personal ark, and takes this three-month-old baby boy, puts that baby boy into that wicker basket, and places that basket among the reeds of the Nile. That is an act of faith. That overcomes all kinds of fears. An act of faith of taking that baby and placing that baby in a wicker basket in the reeds of the Nile. What in the world could you be afraid of in doing that? Don't all you mamas do that? Don't you go down to the lake, make your baby a basket, tar and pitch, put it in the basket, in the lake, let it float across. See if it makes it. You wouldn't do that. There's all kind of fear that creeps up in your heart when you think about the possibility of that. Think about that. First of all, he could turn over the basket and he could drown. The second thing is he's out there. How long is it going to take somebody to find him? He is going to be exposed, exposed to everything, and he's going to be hungry. What's going to happen to him if nobody finds him? What about placing him among the reeds of the Nile when there are crocodiles and there are snakes and there are all kinds of things that could devour that baby. Does that cause any of you to have any anxiety or any fear? Certainly it would. Or what about the fact that that he is found, but he's found by an unsympathetic Egyptian who says, that's one of those Hebrew boys, and dumps him out of the basket. But her faith said, I'm going to make him a boat, I'm going to put him in it, and I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust that God will watch over him. That God will watch over him. And God did watch over him. Well, that, that's the second act of faith. She made that little boat and she put him inside that boat. But here, here's the third act of faith. She had Miriam, his sister, to stand watch over, over that baby. Hold on a second. Think about it a minute. She had Miriam to stand watch over that baby in anticipation that there's going to be a good result. Isn't that true? Of course it's true. How many of you would have your older child go watch over a younger child if you think it's going to be a bad result? If you think they're going to have a horrible experience of watching their little brother die, be devoured by a crocodile or whatever might happen, how many of you would say, I want you to go watch? The fact that she sent Miriam to watch and to to be over is an anticipation of a good result. Something's going to happen, and God's going to watch over this. That's the only thing that makes sense. And then whenever Miriam is watching over that, and and she is observing that, that, that whenever Pharaoh's daughter comes up and, and, and takes him, and she has pity on him, and all these other things happen, Isn't it amazing that Miriam very quickly knows what to do? She runs to her and says, hey, would you like me to go get a Hebrew woman to nurse this child for you? 
That wasn't so much, I think, Miriam's quickness of thinking. I think it's the fact they already had a plan. I think Jochebed and Miriam already had a plan. I think that's why Miriam was there, and I think they'd already talked about it. That whenever that happens, and if somebody comes up, and they're going to have pity on this baby, and they're going to need somebody, then you need to go up, and you need to tell them there's somebody who will take care of this baby. All of that is faith. Every one of those steps is faith. A woman of great faith. Well, what are the rewards of faith? There's always rewards of faith. God rewards faith. If there's anything God is looking for in your life, he's looking for faith. And the thing that moves the heart of God and causes God to come from heaven to earth and to move whatever has to be done in order for his people to see his power, it is faith. And so there's always rewards of faith. So what were the rewards here? Well, here here are rewards of faith. The first thing was Pharaoh's daughter shows up to take a bath. Just happens to be right at that spot. Amen? Amen. God engineering the situation whereby she would come. Somebody said, oh, she probably knew that she had a bath there all the time. Not didn't say that in the Word of God. I think this, God knew where she was going to have a bath that day. And God moved upon her heart. And the response of faith and the reward of faith is that Pharaoh's daughter came right there. Have a bath. And, and she didn't miss that. She didn't miss that baby sitting in that basket she didn't miss the fact that that baby was there she saw the baby and she went and had her maids to draw forth that baby that's the first reward of faith the second reward of faith is when she opened up that basket she saw a little hebrew boy and her heart was moved with pity and compassion that's god amen I mean, as Pharaoh's daughter, she could have very likely said, hey, my dad's not going to like this a bit. Can you imagine how Pharaoh felt about a Hebrew? He's supposed to be dead. Is brought into his household. And he's going to educate him and train him now. My dad's not going to be real excited about this. My dad's going to like this. It didn't matter. God moved in her heart with pity and compassion. Pity and compassion to the point that she said this. She said, Listen, I can't do anything with this baby. I I can't destroy this baby. And she began to love him, and that is a reward of faith. It's the reward of faith. Because what? Because she believed God says, I'm going to bless you. Here's the third thing. She She gets her baby back. That's a reward of faith. She gets her baby back. She gets her baby back as from the dead. She gets her baby back just as much as Martha and Mary got Lazarus back. She got her baby back because where she was placing her baby and the very fact of what the edict was, he was as good as dead. And because she found him, Pharaoh's daughter found him, and she had compassion, and Miriam runs up to her and says, hey, would you like me to find somebody to help nurse this baby, take care of this baby? She says, sure, why don't you go do it? They go and get Jochebed and bring Jochebed, and Pharaoh's daughter says, here, I want you to take this baby, and I want you to nurse him. I want you to take care of him. I want you to wean him. I want you to do all this. She gets her baby back. She has her baby son. That's a reward of faith. Not only that, 
she's been given a period of time where she is going to be able to teach him, love him, and influence him, and help him to know who he really is. See, all that time that she has him from wherever he's three months old, from birth to three months old, until she weaned him probably for Hebrews at that time, about three years of age. For those three years, she has taught him, nurtured him. He knows that he is a Hebrew. He knows he has a purpose. That's why he denies. That's why he refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter and chooses to go to be with the Hebrews instead of with the Egyptians because his mother had influenced his life. Let me tell you something, young parents. If you think your kids don't need church early in life, you're wrong. You're going to set the foundation of their faith and the principles of their life and what the values are before they are five years old. You're going to teach them those things. If you deny your children that opportunity, you're you're causing them to get started in life with a great, great deficit in their spiritual makeup. She knew it. She impounded it into his life and embarked it into his life and taught him. Just like Susanna taught her, her boy, she taught that to Moses, and Moses knew who he was. A reward of faith, here's another one. How do you like this, ladies? She gets to mother her child and gets paid for it. Amen. Maybe you want to sign up for that? I want to get paid for it. Pharaoh's daughter says, hey, I'm not going to. I'm going to let you do this for free. You're taking care of this child of mine. She doesn't even know the name. The baby's not named till he goes back over to Pharaoh's house and he's called Moses. He's just a baby. And in, in regard to that, says, I'm, I'm not going to let you do this. I want you to, here, you take money for your day. So she's mothering the love of her life. She's blessed by having an opportunity to impact his life. She is where she wants to be and gets paid for it. And then she gets to deliver him over to Pharaoh's daughter. When he is prepared, he is ready, and he is going to be educated by Pharaoh, trained by Pharaoh to be a great and awesome leader. And he's going to be an unbelievable leader in his day and time. And all that gets to happen, but it's a reward of her faith. And what's the final reward of her faith? She gets to be in God's hall of fame. In 1123, it names her and his, the parents that they're there in God's Hall of Fame because of their great faith, Moses has the opportunity to impact the world, to change the world, to be that deliverer, to be that lawgiver, to be that one who has a face-to-face relationship with God, all because his mother had great faith, and she received the rewards of faith. Ladies, could I challenge you in this area? Could I challenge you to be that kind of mama? (laughs) Be that kind of mama. Have a humility of heart. Have a great faith, relationship to your God. Exemplify that faith before your children. Practice that faith in your family. And believe this, that God will reward, as he always promises, he will reward every act of faith. Jochebed, get to know her name, for nobody usually knows it. But more than know her name, know her life, know her heart, know what she did, and mimic it. Try to follow it. Susanna Wesley, find out about her. Read about her. Try to follow that example. God gives you and me 
privilege and opportunity. And you moms, you have a wonderful privilege and opportunity to impact your world and to make sure that 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 man that you send forth from your family or that daughter that you send forth from your family, that they're going to be great and they're going to be successful because you played a part. You invested in their life things that they needed. May the Lord bless you. May you know we love you, care about you, and may you understand the awesome responsibility you have. May we pray for you as you fulfill it. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate mothers today, to be able to rejoice and, and, and to be able to identify a great mother in Scripture that serves an example for every mom here. I pray for every mom, Lord, right now that you just bless them. Bless them with great humility. Bless them with great faith. Help them to receive in their life the rewards of faith that they have exemplified. And Lord, to do mighty things in their family and to use their children, their grandchildren, all those they influence in a great and awesome way, knowing that that is the reward of their investment of faith. Bless them. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon dash series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.